0: of uh, introducing Jesus Christ into his ministry, that the fulfillment of uh, all that needs to happen for somebody to be saved and, uh, and to then experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit would be for somebody to repent from their sins as they believe in Jesus Christ. He is that main ingredient there. So uh, we, we as it says here that, that Apollos was in Corinth, while that's at that same time, Paul, having passed through the upper regions, he came to Ephesus, and we talked about this last week, that Ephesus was Asia, and he, he wanted to go to Asia before, right, back in a- uh, Acts chapter 16, but the Holy Spirit prevented him from doing so. God had a different plan and different timing for him. God still had it in his plan for him to minister in Asia, just not at that time. So it seems that uh, when, when Paul comes upon this, this group of disciples, uh, he, it, it seems like as we're reading it, uh, the, he just walks up and says, hey, guys, you know, he pops out in the market or something. And, and uh, as, as Paul would do, he'd minister. But he, he finds himself in front of these guys. And uh, there's something that stood out about them. Uh, we, don't, we don't really know exactly what. Um, but we, uh, there, there's something there that Paul sees that's, that's missing in their lives. Paul, there, there's something that stands out. So Paul's question to them is, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit? Con- something in their conduct, not necessarily that it's sinful or anything, but there's something that they're missing there. And, and Paul uh, just asks him, based on the information we have here, that's the assumption we can come to. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, I'm going to stop there before we get too far, because this, can be, uh, this has been grossly mis- uh, misinterpreted in today's church. Where if somebody doesn't have the same response that these people had, where they're speaking in tongues and prophesying, uh, then they don't have the Holy Spirit within them. Uh, we have studied through in our, in our study in Acts, and we've seen that uh, it doesn't always say that somebody spoke in tongues or prophesied uh, after they, uh, they uh, prayed and, and were saved and uh, were filled with the Spirit. It doesn't always say that in every account. So we have to understand that when that is being preached, and you guys know I do get a little fired up when I hear that, and I'm not going to start screaming or yelling. That's not how we do things here. But it it, it irritates me and it and, it, and it angers me because what it does is it discourages people in their faith. They get to a point where they say, Yes, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I ask him to come into my heart. And that's that was as genuine as it could be. I'm sure tears flowing and saying, you know what, I am a sinner. I need I'm in need of a savior. And then somebody tells him, well, you're not really saved. Okay. <laughs> you want to stand on that? I don't want you to because you're going to stand before God and and explain to him why you destroyed somebody's faith. You know, wh- because what does it say in Romans, right? Romans 10 says that if we believe in our heart, I, I know I say this all the time, but if we believe in our hearts and, and confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Christ, then we're saved. That When we understand who Jesus is, and we place our trust in him, that, 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 that our, our hearts, we're trusting him for our salvation deep in our hearts and in our innermost being. Our faith has been placed in him as our savior, the one that paid for our sins. And, and we've asked him to come into our lives. And when we believe that and we confess it with our mouths. And then what did we do uh, two, two, three weeks ago? We professed that uh, uh, out in public at Lemoyne Beach for those that wanted to be baptized. Making that public declaration of saying, you know what? I've made that declaration. For somebody to then say to them, if you don't speak in tongues or you're not prophesying, you're not really saved and you don't have the spirit. That is, that is heresy, guys. That is, that's false teaching. That is not biblically sound. You know, bring them, bring them right to the scripture, and say, "Well, how do you explain this then?" And bring them to Romans ten, and say, "Explain this then." Uh, it, it's 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 crazy. So before I get in too far, I need to I need to say that right there is is not biblical. So Paul asked them, "There's something there that that appears to be missing." And uh, when we consider when somebody is born again, then the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. Uh, there's a, uh, in the Calvary Chapel distinctives, uh, book that we, uh, that I hope to, as a church study, um, uh, it's probably going to be on a Wednesday night. Uh, and, uh, we're going to look into the Calvary Chapel, Chap- Calvary Chapel distinctives. And when we're going to consider, okay, what is, wh- what do we believe as, as the Calvary Chapel movement? What do we, you know, what about the word and, and what about God do we believe? And uh, within that, when, it, when uh, the topic of the Holy Spirit, when he comes up, uh, there's a description of how the spirit uh, is described in the scripture in interacting uh, with us. And uh, there, there are three words uh, that are used uh, in the Greek, uh, para, uh, that he would be with us, en, who uh, would be in us, and then epi, poured out upon us. OK, so so consider that when we come to faith and we ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives, he gives us the Holy Spirit as he promised. Right. John, chapter 14, verses 15 and, uh, through 17. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It should be uh, up there. Um, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world could not receive because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. It's a promise from Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple, which means the dwelling place, of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's, he's explaining uh, that, that the Holy Spirit is within them. If a person doesn't have the Spirit, uh, Romans eight tells us, then they don't belong to Christ. Romans eight verse nine says, "But you are not in, uh, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his." How do we get the Spirit? Ask. That simple. It's that simple. God does not make us earn gifts from Him. Then it's not a gift, right? It's something we've earned. Or uh, So if we can earn somehow earn Him uh, in earning the Holy Spirit, then we have something to boast about, right? But God gives us His gifts because He's good. <clears throat> so they hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. The question is, like, why not? You know, and I, I, I don't know. But, the, you know, when... Uh, when we can consider when they say that what, what they're really uh, stating here is they weren't yet believers in Christ. They understood that they were, uh, they were sinners and that they needed to come to repentance based on John's baptism, but they didn't know of the saving work of Christ yet. So that that's, that's what they were missing there. So when Paul saw something in their conduct or what they were saying or something, he the, something uh, stirred uh, the spirit within Paul to reveal to them uh, that they don't have the Holy Spirit yet, and uh, so that's that's what jarred the question uh, for Paul. So, and if you're carefully reading the first section of of this chapter, you'll you'll see here uh, three. Uh, you may find more, but these are three distinct points to consider. That uh, they were disciples of the teaching of John the Baptist, uh, which spoke of uh, repentance, but not yet of Christ. So they were they were disciples. Uh, just more of John the Baptist's teaching. They weren't yet believers in the risen Christ and didn't know about the Holy Spirit. The last thing being, they had taken the first step of repentance, but not the corresponding step of faith in Christ. To understand, I don't, uh, you can talk to, um, really, um, I've had many conversations with uh, family members or or friends, and it doesn't usually take long for somebody to at least admit that they're a sinner. <laughs> Right? I mean, unless they're just really, really uh, full of of um of pride, but we can all say, I'm not perfect. You know if we if if you can get anybody to admit that, you're not perfect. Okay. so if you're not perfect and and we have to be perfect to be in God's presence, how do we get there? Right? We can use that as just a starting point, right? Oh, perfect. That's like the perfect spot spot, right? And you could draw the uh, the the bridge analogy, right? You've got two cliffs facing each other, and you can draw the cross in between and say, you know, God, uh, sent his only son to die for us on the cross, and now there, there is no more separation. Jesus Christ is that bridge, and you could just share something that simple. If somebody's willing to accept the fact and 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 to to actually speak the fact that they're not perfect and they've done things that they regret and things that are wrong, so so these guys uh, had understood that they they were uh, in need of repentance, but they hadn't yet heard of Jesus. So uh, you know when when pa- when Paul asked them into what asked them the question into what then were you baptized? They're saying well we heard basically what they're saying is we heard of the baptism of of, of John and uh, what he was saying. You know, you could consider them uh, similar to an Old Testament uh, believer or somebody with uh, the understanding of the Old Testament that uh, they understood the need for repentance and and actually repenting uh, from sin against God, but they were still waiting for the Messiah. If you put them kind of into that category, like, yes, we're sinners and we need to turn from our sin. We believe that and we're going to live our lives uh, in, in, in that way. Uh, if you consider uh, like like Cornelius, when we studied with Cornelius, he just like I got to hear and God's working in Peter's life and and uh, Cornelius's life at, at the same time. And as uh, Peter's ministering to them, uh, he's just starting to talk about Jesus and they're believing in their hearts. And we see uh, how the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. It's Jesus is the the, the main uh, ingredient that is needed uh, for salvation. And we I know I know that probably all i'm assuming uh a high percentage of us know that and i'd say into the high 90s of us already know that if this is news to you awesome let's talk after church and uh we'll get you saved and you know get you get you into the into the family right so if you consider remember uh, apollos was a powerful teacher uh, and he knew that uh, that jesus was not only the messiah but uh he, he he believed that, but uh, that his sacrificial death was the uh, and his resurrection was what needed to be preached. Also, and Aquila and Priscilla, uh, who understood that, took him aside and taught him. And then he was uh, you couldn't even reel him back in from there. He's in the synagogues arguing, and he's he's uh, just preaching. And he, he he as soon as he had the rest of the tools he needed, he went out and was continuing to uh, effectively minister. So uh, that that repentance from sin, these guys understood it. They didn't know Christ uh, came to die a sacrificial death uh, in their place, and so Paul is is, is speaking Christ to them, and uh, they they come to the point where, uh, as as we read, that they they came to faith. And if you consider Acts chapter eighteen verse twenty eight, says uh, that uh, when when Apollos came to his understanding of Christ. Uh, As I just said, that that he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing them in the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. He's got the missing ingredient. He can go in and now say, hey, guys, this speaks to Jesus. This speaks to Jesus. And now he's got everything uh, else uh, that he needed. So uh, Paul explains to them uh, what's happening here. And uh, they get to uh, they're not yet new creations in Christ. So when he's asked them that question, they're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So he starts speaking to them and, and, and we saw what took place in their lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. People can get to a point without Jesus Christ of understanding that their life needs to change. There are, there are many people that, that will turn away from something that was destroying their lives. Uh, and oftentimes, they'll turn to uh, make another thing. That thing that was their God is no longer their God, and then they'll make something else their God. So they'll say, I'm no longer doing that, but then they have another addiction here, or they have uh, you know, this that they focus on, or whatever it is. But when we see when Jesus comes in and frees us, then we're new. There's a whole new person. And you know, that, that old person, that's the picture of baptism, Right? Is, is the old person being dunked underwater, right? I was, I was so blessed to take people. and I'd shove you down as far as I could and pull you up. And, you know, uh, uh, Josh was out there uh, and uh, we're just, you know, dunking people. It was, so, it was such an awesome thing to be a part of somebody saying, you know what? I, I want to obey the Lord. I want to be baptized. And, and, and to make that public profession of faith and say, I, 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 you know, amongst anybody that's out here, I, I'm just going to walk out boldly in my faith. That's the, And, and the, the picture of that new person coming up, and we talked about that before the baptism. Now that it's so fresh in our minds, I had to just, you know, throw that in there also. So uh, when we consider these people, that when they heard that Jesus Christ was the one that, that John pointed to in his ministry, they believed. Then they were baptized in the name of Jesus, and Paul laid his hands on them. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and and we talked about this here. But the, you know, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So some will use this uh, scripture, as I said earlier, wrongly, and say that if you don't do these things, uh, you are not saved. And uh, but if you consider uh, what Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, Corinthians in, in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve, verses seven through ten. Paul wrote, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So, if if whatever gift we have is, yes, God gives it to us, but it's for the profit of all. So, we can't just keep it to ourselves. God gave it to us to strengthen the body. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of, of tongues. You see where tongues and prophecy are both written in there? Not all of us have that. Some, some people do. Some people will. And and if you want to tie that, uh, you go two chapters later, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, things were getting out of hand in church. Paul had to correct them and say, guys, Things need to, be, need to be done decently in order. It can't be all chaos. Everybody's speaking in tongues. Da, 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 da. Those are gifts. What does it say in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, uh, we just read, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Our gifts that we receive from the Lord are for the profit of all. So if everybody's just in chaos, just going crazy, how is that profiting anybody Than getting other than maybe getting them excited or freaked out? like I was when I grew up a Catholic kid and my buddy took me uh, to his church and I had no idea what was going on around me. All I could do was look. I, I remember it just like so vividly right now. It was, All I could see was that exit sign and I'm like, I am out of here. I just didn't understand it. I, just didn't, I had no understanding of what it was. I had no idea what was going on because it didn't make any sense to me. If somebody, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, would have said, that person over there Uh, was was gifted in the in in the gift of uh, of tongues and they were speaking in German I speak German that person doesn't normally speak German but they were speaking in German and I understand that and I'm going to interpret that for you that would have been proper I would have understood I wouldn't have been freaked out I've been like what that person doesn't speak that language and now they're, they're here and 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 God is using them to to give a message to the church still would have probably freaked me out a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest, as a kid, I, I I, mean, my church was sit down, kneel down, stand up, say this, do this, and move your hand in this way. That's what it was. I didn't understand the scripture, but it's just right, Gail, right? That's just what it was, and I'm not I'm not here to, to bash uh, on, on the Catholic bashing thing. Please don't misunderstand that. I didn't understand it. I had no idea what was going on. So we can't get under uh, that 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 false teaching that everybody is going to have that same experience when they get saved. They're not going to. Not everybody gets it. Paul says it. it's right in the scripture. What someone wants to argue, take them right to it and say that that what was happening there it wasn't the fact that uh, that they weren't speaking in tongues. That Paul comes over and like you boys aren't speaking in tongues. Of course he didn't speak with a you know different accent or whatever. You know what I mean? he wasn't doing that. But anyways, yeah. Uh, There was something, there was something missing that we don't know. But Paul went over and he asked him, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And then they have this conversation and we see something powerful that happened. When they heard about Jesus Christ, uh, then they received the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, okay? You Look, look at what it says there. In, her, in whom you trusted after you heard uh, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed. Heard, believed, sealed, right? We hear the gospel, we respond to it, whether, you know, are we going to reject it or believe it, accept it, right? So they heard it, they accepted it, and then they were sealed with the Holy Spirit, sealed. Right, and that's better than any of the vacuum seal you're ever gonna get. Okay, so when God does something, men can't undo it. Uh, you know, we can try to run away or, or do whatever, but God's gonna God's gonna you know grab us back and draw us to Him. Uh, so uh, so don't try to I, don't know, I won't even say it. Don't try to accept uh, accept the Lord and then run. You know, that's not how the Spirit works, right? He draws us near. When we do run, we get a spanking from God, and He He corrects us because He loves us. So they heard about Jesus and they believed. So I'm going to give you a few more verses, and then we're going to move on uh, further in the, uh, in our study in Acts 19. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist speaking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water and unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. But uh, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John is saying, I baptize you to repentance, but there's one coming. That is going to—he's uh, uh, the um, sorry, in in whom uh, gotta go back a little bit. Having believed, you were see. Oh, I'm look. I'm reading it the wrong reference. I'm sorry. He says there's one coming uh, after me that is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So, consider that. Acts chapter. Uh, sorry, Romans chapter eight verses nine and verse 16 say, but you were, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. We talked about this before. Verse 16 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. If We have the spirit of God in us. We are children of God. Okay, so if anybody wants to refute you and say, no, you're not really, you can come. I say this because this does happen. This does happen. Do not be derailed in your faith. You hear somebody else doing it, correct them and bring them uh, to these scriptures. Uh, And uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, sorry, uh, 1 John, Corinthians is after this. Uh, 1 John 5, verses 11 through 13. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He, was, uh, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. Pretty plain there. Verse 13, though. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. Anybody ever said, how do you really know? It's in the Bible. First, first John 5:13. That's how we know. It, the Bible is our authority to minister. You know, anybody wants to start attacking whether it is or not. Okay, that's a whole different uh, discussion with them, and you can dismantle them with that, with using the word. But first, when, when First John 5:13 says that you may know, that you may know, that you can resolve in your heart, you can know uh, with no question that we belong to Christ, we are His, and that we are saved. And that we may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. That's what we're called to do. Not just come to the point of uh, salvation and go, yep, checkbox. I said the prayer. Now I can go live the way I want. Uh, bad way. Bad way to live. I. If, if people will make the argument for that. I love Chuck Smith's response to that. He's like, well, you can live your life under a question mark or an exclamation point. Saved as a question or saved with an exclamation point. I'll take the exclamation point, please. Yeah, I'll take that. 1 Corinthians, last verse uh, for this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, uh, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Right? We come to faith in Christ. Then we become, as we are here together, gathered in the name of Christ, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Baptized uh, by uh, baptized into that one body. So when you consider, I lied to you. I do have one more um, uh, bit of scripture here. Uh, uh, so if you consider God's uh, pattern for the church today, it's it's found in Acts chapter uh, ten, verses uh, forty three through forty eight. Says to him, uh, to him all the prophets uh, witness that through his name, whoever believes in him. Uh, Will receive remission of sins. Now, Peter was uh, sharing this at Cornelius' house, as we're reading here. Uh, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So uh, these sinners heard the word, they believed in Christ, immediately received the Holy Spirit, and uh, then they were baptized. And and then uh, when you consider, you know, because people say, well, it has to be this, it has to be that. They heard, they received the Holy Spirit, then they were baptized, right? So if you look at what Paul, Paul, uh, what just happened with Paul is he preached the word to them. They received the Holy Spirit uh, and then uh, they were baptized. And, sorry, they were baptized and then he laid his hands on them and uh, they uh, were baptized with the spirit. We can't say, well, God's only going to work this way or he's only going to work that way. Just let him do the work. If 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 the boxes are checked, hey, you, you believe you know the, the basics of of our Christian faith, and you placed your faith in trust, uh, faith in trust, faith and trust in Jesus Christ, uh, then uh, let's not be nitpicky and uh, say awesome. Now, how do we how do we move forward? How do we edify one another? How do we uh, build one another up and and uh, be strengthened in our faith? So back to Acts chapter 19, verse 8. So we made it through seven verses, and I said we were going to try to make it through the whole chapter. We'll see how that goes. Um, Verse 8. And he went into the synagogue, speaking of Paul, and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were... Hardened and did not believe but spoke evil of the way before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew the disciples uh, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus and uh, And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus both Jews and Greeks So Paul speaking boldly for three months. He knew what his ministry was. Uh, He was a patient man. He had a resolve to continue in what God told him to do, and he was trusting in the Lord. And he stayed there and he was reasoning with them. And as we saw, reasoning and persuading that's what Paul, that's how Paul's ministry worked. He would read, Don't you see this? Can't you see how this ties together? And he did that. But at some point, they rejected the truth and they spoke evil of the way. And as we read recently, Paul packed up and headed out. He'd, he'd said what he needed to, and he was moving on to share the gospel with those who hadn't heard it. And uh, you know, take that as the Holy Spirit uh, reveals to you in, in any time that you're ministering, that sometimes we just need to say what we need to say and let them chew on it. Let them process it. Now, it's not our job. The Holy Spirit's job is to do the convicting and the drawing. Uh, we're just called to be obedient and share Christ. And uh, he'll do the work. We, do, we can't just stand there. If you watch the, the, the it's a funny, funny movie, uh, Nacho Libre. You know, you can't just take somebody and force them to believe and shove their head in the water and say, you're going to be baptized. You know, it's a, just a funny thing that uh, a lot of Christians will, will laugh at because we all know that's not really the way it goes. We can't force somebody into repentance and true belief in their heart. You know, that's just a, a goofy way of, 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 of looking at things. We, we're, we're not the ones that are called to do that. Verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that uh, even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body uh, to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So what's being described here are unusual miracles. These are unusual things. These aren't things that God would usually, how he would uh, use uh, individuals. So when it says unusual miracles, consider that as you're reading the rest of the the two verses, what it says here. Handkerchiefs and and aprons from his body uh, were brought to the sick and uh, diseased uh, and uh, the evil, those that had evil spirits, and those things would be cleansed, and they would be made whole. You know, so consider Paul. We've talked about it. This man who was a persecutor and murderer of Christians, and this is how how well he's being used. You ever think that you know God? I, my past is too much for God to overcome. Have you killed anybody because of their faith in Christ? No. Okay, so you got something to work with, right? Even Paul, who did that, had something to work with because he met Jesus and became a new being, new man in Christ. So God is working in unusual ways through him. And now he's no longer a, we have crickets. Uh, So so, uh, we, uh, um, sorry, Uh, he's being powerfully used by the Lord, right? He's real. He's real. In the Lord. And uh, these are real authentic miracles. Again, they're unusual. They're not typical. That's important to understand. We can read right over that. Because if you look at what happens now in the church today, as, as much of the church is completely big, biblically illiterate and don't know that they, wait a minute, I, this isn't right. These guys are just exploiting me for money. Or, or whatever else may come up that somebody's going to gain personally from you if you buy in. To whatever they're saying, we have to understand that that, that, that unfortunately does exist. You know, some uh, you know search regularly for this type of miracle. You know, they're endlessly, and those miracles become their god. They 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 become what people are looking for for the completion, and they look right by who provided the miracle. Right, we can't we can't do that. Yes, it's a blessing. I, I and I'll share this again. I got in trouble with one of the kids in the youth group in our, um, our church over in Italy twenty something years ago. And I was sharing that I, I saw a pastor on TV. His name is Rod Parsley, and um, I knew I was new in my faith, but I knew there's something wrong because I just see this guy screaming into the, he's like screaming to everybody, "Do you want to see a miracle?" And everybody's starting to get hysterical and everything. Everybody was getting entertained. He was an entertainer. And I spoke against that. And I'm like, guys, we're, we're not. What did, what did Jesus say? A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. If that's what we're doing, that, that wickedness and adultery resides in our hearts. Because that's all we're seeking versus seeking to know God more. We can, we can seek to, to see exciting things happen more rather than being excited about knowing God. More and have the junk ripped out of our lives by the word of God. So these were, these were real things. You know, you see pastors waving things, then they'll be selling them. Hey, if you want to buy these things, they've all been blessed. Here's your prayer cloth. Just send in $1,000 and we'll send you a napkin. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's what ends up happening, sadly, in the church here. God was doing, God was doing. Look very carefully. Verse 11 says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. God was doing everything. Paul's just a dude. Paul, that's who he is. Yes. I mean, to be respected, absolutely. You know, have respect where it's due. But Paul's nothing. He's a murderer outside of Christ. You know, think of who he is. Man, and God was doing amazing work by the hands of Paul. If we want to be used by the Lord in any capacity, we need to be plugged into him. Paul's simply just that vessel, a willing vessel. You know, let our desire in our hearts be that God would use us. May not use us in that way. That's pretty. That's an unusual miracle, right? <laughs> so uh, don't start. Don't go to the store and buy some handkerchiefs and everything. We don't know what God's going to do. In fact, as we say that, uh, you know, we're going to get into verse thirteen. Uh, people that take it upon themselves, ministry upon themselves. Let's just roll right into it then. Verse thirteen says, "Then some of the itinerant Jewish uh, uh, exorcists." took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exercise you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, who did all, uh, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Guys, that's when I I, I just see... You're I, I, right. Right. I see the. I see the look. Right. I think. I. I. I don't know this. This is. Uh, this isn't. I, I can't say that it's biblical. But when my mind is seeing this, I just see that guy looking up, and they're all going, "Uh oh, that didn't. That didn't go the way we planned it at all." All right. They knew. So I just. I believe they. They knew something was coming, and like that didn't work. We're in trouble. Right. But who are you? Verse 16 says, "Then the man in whom the evil spirit was." Uh, leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had uh, believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic, brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Mistake number one, right? If you're looking at the the the, uh, the instructions when you're considering something, right? There's like usually the bold red lettering. Don't do this. Or you're going to electrocute yourself or whatever. They didn't read the, the instructions. They didn't fully understand what was happening here. But their biggest mistake here was that they took ministry upon themselves. They took ministry and just said, I'm going to take this upon myself. We're just going to roll into this. Yeah, we've heard you know, that people are casting out uh, people in Jesus' name. We're just going to roll on, and, and we're going to do that ourselves. You know, God calls to ministry. God does all the calling. We can't just take anything upon ourselves and, and, and move forward saying, yeah, I'm just going to do that. And it, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself right now. The exhaustion, I forgot what happened yesterday. I'm like, oh, that fits right into that category. Now I can't remember it. If God wants me to share it, he'll tell me later. But um, the Spirit provides the guidance, the leading, the power. They had none of this. They didn't have Jesus in their lives. They weren't sent by the Lord, and uh, they weren't told to do these things. So, uh, when, so here they are, they're, they're calling on the name of the Lord Jesus to cast out evil spirits. Sounds like a right thing to do, right? But they were missing the power. They, they were inadequate, uh, with their power source. So the problem was that they were the wrong people to do it. They weren't called by, uh, by God to do this. They took it upon themselves. Uh, when you, uh, consider, you know, these guys, they, uh, uh, they're just, they're going around and, and, uh. Uh, they're itinerant, right? They they're wanderers, and uh, they're going around and and uh, thought they had an effective ministry until they got the look that I'm convinced they got the look. But they thought it was just another day, you know, not plugged into the the power source that they needed, and they're trying to use it. Corey's an electrician; uh, he understands, and and uh, we joked about it yesterday. Greg told me a joke about 120 plug something that's supposed to be 110 into 220. I don't think you can do that. I, these guys would know. Uh, but they, you have to have the correct power source, right? Get zapped or you're going to get kicked out of a house, beat up, naked, running down the hill, right? So it just it didn't work out well for them, right? They didn't know Jesus. They weren't sent by him. They had no personal connection to Christ or to the power of God. They didn't have any of those things. They just thought, hey, we'll try this trick out. And and it didn't work out well, well for them. They took upon themselves to assume that they had Power in the name of Christ, but they weren't sent by him and they didn't and uh, when they say we exercise you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached uh, You know when you consider these guys that are there They are just figuring out they're gonna try their luck and you know, Jesus uh, the, sorry not Jesus's response The evil spirits response was Jesus. I know I'm familiar with Jesus and I'm familiar with Paul So consider that that's pretty powerful Right. We we know what James tells us. The demons believe and tremble. Right. They they know who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. Well, we I know who Jesus is and I know who Paul is and, and what God is doing through Paul. But you're not connected to either of them. And then they get the butt whooping of a lifetime. You know, the evil spirit knew exactly that, that, that uh, these guys didn't have that main ingredient. You know, but but who are you without Jesus in the ministry? We are nothing. Without Jesus, we can just try to assume uh, and take things on for ourselves. And uh, things aren't going to go well. You know, these guys here didn't know Jesus. So, so don't ever, uh, it's important for us to never take on something of ourselves, right? Consider when, I um, think when, uh, it was James, yeah, uh, where he was, yes, he was talking about partiality, right? Don't assume for yourself the good seat, right? Because you can go uh, and, and get embarrassed, uh, that was actually a different thing, but he's talking about the partiality, right? Jesus spoke also of uh, you know where you're going to sit. Don't don't assume that when we go somewhere that I'm going to go sit in the front. I'm going to I want front row seats. I need to sit at the the reserve table. If you're not one of the reserved, somebody's going to come up. And you're going to have the awkward conversation. Someone putting that on the hand and say, hey, it's not you. <laughs> you've assumed this for yourself and you've assumed wrong. You need to go to the back. Or you need to move over here. You're going to get a little embarrassed. We don't assume things to ourselves. This guy leaps on them. They flee naked, bloody, running down the street. But look what happens. This became known to everyone in the area, to Jews and to Greeks. And the fear fell on them, and the name of Jesus was magnified. Even their foolishness was used by God to magnify himself. That's powerful stuff, right there. That that when everybody understood, wait a minute, this guy's demon possessed. These guys, their 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 uh, emptiness was revealed, but Jesus Christ was magnified. He was glorified in this. It doesn't mention Paul. It doesn't say yeah, everybody was afraid of Paul, right? I got to find the verse here where it says uh, verse seventeen. Then it became uh, known to both uh, to both. May known both to all the Jews and Greeks uh, dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Not Paul's. You know, Paul's doing amazing, God's using him to do amazing things. But whose name is being, ba- being magnified in all that? Christ, the name of Christ. You know, that, that they were familiar with who Paul was, but their faith was being placed in, in Christ there's nobody sitting around talking about how powerful the demon-possessed guy was that we don't have any indication that that's written in there you know the glory and focus went on Christ and many believed it says they came and confessed their sins uh, and if these men uh, were uh, th- that weren't uh, connected to Christ had effectively done this um, you know what would have happened if they would have been able to say not being connected to Christ said hey we heard about this guy Jesus and we heard about this guy Paul and we're going to say that I know we've got the power in their name to, to cast you out. If that worked, uh, then it brings discredit on on the name and power of Christ because they're not connected to the Lord. But because it didn't work, everybody's going, okay, so what was, what was happening here? Why did that happen? Because they were respected people, and when they get their butts kicked and they're running down naked and, and bleeding, that gets everybody's attention. What happened? Then Jesus was the focus, and everybody's going, wait a minute. Okay, so there's power in Christ's name the freedom that was found in Christ's name. Now, verse 18, the verbs indicate uh, here that they kept coming. They kept confessing. They kept uh, showing and telling of what God was doing. There was a lot that they needed to just pour out. And say, this was happening in my life. This needs to go. And 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 then when it gets into here, it says those practicing um, uh, magic, you know, you consider it witchcraft or magic, whatever it was, uh, burn it, uh, burned all their books. And it says that the value of those totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a yearly salary for 150 men. That's a lot of money. And they meant, it meant nothing to them because now they heard the truth. The truth was, they're just. I don't care how much I spent on that. I'm throwing it in. So young lady, I say young lady, she's a little bit older than I am. But we'll still say she's she's young. Um, and Because uh, I, I went to high school with her. Um, her name is now Erin Savard. But when she was in high school, her name was Erin Green. And uh, uh, I know uh, Ken shared her story. So if Ken shared it, then I can. Uh, so, uh, so no, I know Aaron would want this to be part of her testimony. She at one point in her life came to faith in Christ and confessed to Ken. She's like, hey. I was practicing witchcraft and she had all kinds of books and everything. And she's like, I don't even know what to do with these, but I know they're junk, they're trash. And I remember Ken saying that he took all those books and used them to heat his house. And he's like, yeah, I'll just chuck those right in the fire for you. I know somebody that's experienced that same thing that she had invested her money, her time, her life, her heart into a lie and came to realize that that was a fake, a fake power, fake promise. And when Aaron Green, now Aaron, Savard, uh, came to that point of realization of, of understanding who Jesus Christ was. All of that meant nothing. And she just gave it all up. It's cool to like know somebody that was, that was in that specific spot. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed, it says. God's using these miracles to draw the lost to him. That miracle of healing, a miracle of truth exposing lies. Many came to uh, to trust in Christ as a result of, of the work that was happening here. They were coming to salvation. It says that they were confessing and forsaking uh, their lives of sin and witchcraft. We've uh, learned here in uh, what we're seeing, the, the power of God that, that comes uh, as we uh, place our faith and trust in Christ and how he works in us. We only have a few minutes and I, I don't want to rush through. Them. We'll get to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up here in verse 21 uh, because I, I we've got several verses to go through and there's a lot of uh, things to consider here. So we'll, uh, now that I'm even saying that, I'm regretting I just said it. But um, uh, we'll, we'll pick up there next week because what we're going to see is in this same town, as people are getting saved, that that uh, there are people that aren't excited about that. They're the people that are exploiting everybody. They're like, wait a minute, everybody's coming here I am. I'm saying it. We got six minutes. Uh, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. I, we're not gonna do it. We won't do it. We'll get into it next week because I'll I, I'll spend six minutes just uh, just trying to read here. Um, but what we'll see here is not everybody's excited. That the truth is coming out. Lives are getting changed and people are losing money. And uh, we'll see how. Uh, and, and we've shared this before. I'll share it again. And we'll, we'll in First Timothy six ten. It says that. Uh, It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. And we'll see what ends up happening here and the embarrassment that comes from it and all those things. I really, really badly want to finish this. Uh, But I'll I'll stop. Like, you guys don't know. I'm, like, trying to rein myself in. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word and the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Savior. Lord, let anything that's done in and through our lives glorify you. Lord, that we would be obedient servants of you. And as we obey you, you do amazing work. Work that we could never do on our own. Work that changes hearts. We can't do that, Lord. We ask you to, to continue to draw us near and build us in our relationship with you. And we ask you, God... To please just have your way in and through our lives. That you'd minister powerfully to us and through us. That your Holy Spirit would have your way in us. That the name of Christ would be uh, the source that we use for uh, whatever you call us to do. That we wouldn't assume anything on our own. But that we would trust you and, and go according to your leading. And be effective ministers in this lost, broken, and dying world around us. That love and your spirit, your love, your grace. God, this world has no understanding, this warped understanding of what love is, putting all kinds of different tags on it, that you would be the standard, that you would be the one that we share, the perfect love that comes from you would flow in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Grace and peace to you. Have a great day.